This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and along with Archbishop Alexander Sample, we're going to speak about the listening church. And I think you've been hearing quite a bit, hopefully, at your local parishes, on the Catholic Sentinel, on the Archdiocesan website, and of course, on Matre Day Radio of this process, the synod process that's been going on, well, that will continue on until we have a gathering in 2023. Is that right, Archbishop? Yeah, 2023 will be the worldwide synod that will bring all this to a a conclusion, yeah. Okay, so as we get a little bit of an insight in uh, some of the local things we'll be doing in Western Church, would you please open us in prayer? Yeah, and and we're going to pray again, uh, uh, the prayer for the synod on synodality. And, And people might be interested to know that this is an adapted form of the prayer that was actually said before each of the sessions of the Second Vatican Council where the council fathers were calling upon the guidance of the Holy Spirit uh, for the church. So we pray this now in our, in our own time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We stand before you, Holy Spirit, as we gather together in your name. With you alone to guide us, make yourself at home in our hearts. Teach us the way we must go and how we are to pursue it. We are weak and sinful. Do not let us promote disorder. Do not let ignorance lead us down the wrong path, nor partiality influence our actions. Let us find in you our unity, so that we may journey together to eternal life, and not stray from the way of truth and what is right. All this we ask of you, who are at work in every time and place, in the communion of the Father and the Son, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, I do want to ask you, Archbishop, because you're so focused on prayer and reminding us that this prayer, a form of this prayer, was prayed by all at the Second Vatican Council. You recently had a holy hour at the cathedral and have invited all of our parishes in Western, actually in the state of Oregon, to join you in offering a holy hour, really in this in this process of synod on synodality. Can you talk a little bit about just the importance of the holy hour as it ties into this, right. this presence? Yeah. yeah, we did this. We did this holy hour. Uh, it was it was sort of a, it was, I I really give a lot of credit to the Knights of Columbus in the state of Oregon, the state council of the Knights of Columbus for organizing this and and really kind of being the, uh, the impetus behind it, if you will. But the, the, yeah, so it was actually a kind of a coordinated effort, if you will, between the Diocese of Baker and the Archdiocese of Portland, uh, where we prayed together. I, 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 you know, I, 
not positive, but I think the intent was that Bishop Carey and I would pray the Holy Hour at the same time and sort of in sync with each other. But the idea was, well, we, we, we had, you know, more than one intention uh, for the Holy Hour. Uh, uh, one was for the synodal process. Uh, two was it's close to the Roe versus Wade anniversary. So for the protection of human life, but also then just for the, in a general sense, the uh, uh, revitalization, if you will, and, and uh, re-energizing of our parishes in our respective dioceses. So, yeah, it was it was a beautiful holy hour. I mean, the I'll be honest, the uh, uh, turnout at the cathedral in person wasn't huge, but you know, I always say when when things when things like that happen, you know, the people that the people that uh, God wanted there were there, uh, and and I always just trust uh, uh, really the Lord uh, with that. Yes, so it was it was what I've been emphasizing all along, and, and quite honestly, what our Holy Father has been emphasizing all along, and this is so important for our people to hear, is that this is this is a prayer. I mean, this is a process of discernment, asking the Holy Spirit to show us in our time what God is asking of us in this time, in this place. Now. We are feeding into a worldwide uh, synodal process uh, all for, for, so they'll be participating Catholics from all around the globe. But, you know, as we do our part here in the local church in Western Oregon, you know, what is the Holy Spirit asking of us in this place, uh, right here in this time? Uh, and it's, it's about discernment and the, asking the Spirit to guide us. That's why I have emphasized from the beginning, this process has to be absolutely, I'm saying it this way, soaked in prayer. This process must be soaked in prayer, that we really ask the Holy Spirit and be open to the Holy Spirit to show us and point us uh, in the right way. Otherwise, we come at it with our humanity and our human opinions and our human agendas uh, because we think the church should be this way or we think the church should be that way. We sort of abandon all of that and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. That's why that synodal prayer that we just prayed talks about, you know, let's not ignorance lead us down the wrong path nor, nor partiality influence our actions, but let's really generally be open to what the Holy Spirit might be asking of us at this time. Uh, and, and, and that can only happen if it's, if it's absolutely surrounded, soaked, undergirded, however you want to say it, in prayer. Um, and the Holy Father, Pope Francis, has emphasized again and again that this is not a parliamentary process. The Pope is not calling for a parliamentary discussion about the doctrines of the church and what and should change in the church. That's not what this is about. And he's, he's the first to say it. So I've been accused by some of sort of misrepresenting what the Senate is supposed to be all about. And I said, no, read the documents. People, there's a lot of people who want the Senate to be about something else. They'd love it to be a parliamentary process where we all get to uh, vote on what the church should be and, and what she should change. But that's not what we're doing here. We're praying together. It's synodality, synod, it, it, the root meaning of that means to walk together. We as the Catholic community are walking together, you know, shoulder to shoulder, 
uh, toward the future. With our pastoral leaders, certainly our, our, our bishops and priests and deacons, religious, but, but all the people of God, the laity, uh, just as importantly, walking shoulder to shoulder together in this journey uh, onward home to the, to the heavenly kingdom. And so as we journey together, as we walk together, where's the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us? I, and I'm focusing this especially on this work of evangelization. You know, what is the Holy Spirit asking of us now? And, and how can we best share the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ in our world today, first with our own people and, and then with those who are, are not yet in the, in the body of the church? So that's really what this is about. It, it, it's, it's not about, and that's why, you know, I'll be very transparent. You know, I, I, we're calling the, the gatherings in the parishes, we're calling them discernment sessions, not listening sessions. Uh, although we'll be listening to each other, certainly, and that's, that's a big part of it. But I'm deliberately not calling them listening sessions because as soon as a lot of people hear listening session, I think what clicks into their mind is, oh, good, now I get to go. And they've got to listen to all of my complaints about the church. And they may have some legitimate complaints about the church, but that can come up. Those things can come up in a, in a more prayerful way if we focus our people in prayer with some specific guiding reflection questions that can guide us in our discernment together as to where uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is leading us. So I'm, I'm trying to be very open and I'm just asking our parishes and our pastors to do the best we can to participate and uh, uh, do what the Holy Father has asked of us. Absolutely. And I know that there's, I've been looking at different parish bulletins and different parishes are having times to come together or maybe via Zoom as well to make sure everybody has access to coming and having this discernment process. The topic, um, communion, participation, and mission. And I know you've unpacked that a little bit for us before on one of the previous programs, but as you're looking at what the parishes will be doing in these next several weeks, I think through the Lenten season is going to be very appropriate to have these the prayer. Um, that's part of our Lenten practice, but, but to focus on this mission of the synod process, communion, participation, and mission, what is your hope for our church in Western Oregon over these next few months? Yes, I, I, I think that, um, you know, our, our, the working group uh, task force that, that's been working on this and, and led by Todd Cooper on my staff here, you know, has really put together uh, a process for the parishes and, and, and for other con consultations that we'll do too, because the Holy Father, Father wants us to be as broad as we can in our, in our consultation. But the idea that most of this will happen in the parishes. So, you know, they, they've, they've gone through the document very carefully. The, I mean, the documents from Rome that the Holy Fathers put out and to distill from those documents what, what the Holy Father is asking of us to reflect on and to think about. So what I'm asking is the parishes to gather in prayer first. I'm almost, of course, you'd never get away with this in this wonderful, rugged, uh, individualistic uh, Oregon but I'm almost uh, tempted tongue in cheek to insist that you can't come to a discernment session for discussion unless you participated in the prayer hour before, because <laughs> I want the people to come together and first pray. Mm -hmm. So I want the communities, the parish communities to gather together in, in unison in prayer before the blessed sacrament in a holy hour, a Eucharistic holy hour during which they will be uh, shared. It will do some Lexio Divina in those 
holy hours, we'll do, share some scripture passages with them, and then ask them, you know, three questions to reflect on three questions in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. So before they say a word to each other, let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart. What is the Holy Spirit saying to me in this time of prayer before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament as I think about these scripture passages and reflect on these questions? And I'll, let me just share the questions with you. I won't, we won't go through the scriptures, but so these are the three questions that we're going to ask people to pray about first for about an hour and then come together as the community to discuss, you know, what did the Holy Spirit say to you in prayer around these themes and questions? So question one is, what in the church fills me with life. How is the Holy Spirit working in my life to deepen my faith and inspire me to be a better disciple and witness of Christ's love to others? So there's a chance for people to share with one another how God has been working in my life. You know, what works for me? What gives me life? And that can be something in, when shared in a, in a group and shared with others. Others can inspire others and, 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 and encourage others as well and give others ideas, quite honestly. The second question, and there's a scripture tied to each one of these. I won't read the scripture, but so question two, as a community of believers. So now the first was more about what was the Holy Spirit doing in my life? So it's a very personal witness of Christ's action in my life. Second question, as a community of believers, what experiences of the Catholic Church have brought joys or revealed wounds? And how can these experiences help us grow together in faith and offer the hope and healing of Christ to the greater community in which we live? So we first looked at our individual um, relationship and how the Holy Spirit's working in my life. Now as a community of believers, and there's both the positive. What, what has brought me joy in my experience in life in the church but what, is, what has revealed some wounds to me? Um, and, and we need to be able to talk about those things. So now focus on our communal life. And then finally, the third question really focuses us more on, on this work of evangelization. So the third question we'll be asked to reflect on is, as a Catholic community, we are expressly enjoined to invite others into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. When we dream about how best to accomplish this, what steps is the Holy Spirit inviting the church in Western Oregon to take? So here we're getting very practical about in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. What might the Holy Spirit be asking of us as practical steps to, to share the face of Christ with others uh, in, in the broader community? So, you know, a, a reflection on how the Holy Spirit working in my life, how is the Holy Spirit working in my communal life in the church? And how can we grow together as a community? Healing wounds, overcoming obstacles, sharing joys. Uh, and, and then so that we can uh, really witness to that. So, so you see the three steps. Mm -hmm. First, how is the Holy Spirit working in my life? How is the Holy Spirit working in, in the life of the church? Good and bad, you know, revealing to us. And then, okay, now how do we go out and how do we, how do we share our life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ with others to help them come to that same life-changing, transformative, mm -hmm. uh, life-giving 
an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what the focus has to be. Yeah. We've got to, we've got to stay focused positive. I, I you know my biggest fear is that some of these discussion sessions, these discernment sessions, could devolve into gripe sessions. Uh, Jesus wants us to be a people of hope, who look to the future, who look to uh, the action of the Holy Spirit at work. And and I want to really uh, keep the focus very positive, very forward looking. Yes, the difficult things need to be brought up. I, I'm not denying that. I can't pretend that people don't have some real struggles and some real issues uh, in, in their experience in life in the church. But we can't, we can't just, it can't just become a, 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 a griping about everything that's wrong and that's bad. Uh, we've got it. We're, we're called to be a people of hope. Jesus, you know, it rose from the dead. He didn't just undergo his passion and crucifixion. He rose from the dead. And, and the church in Western Oregon needs to rise again and, and, and share that good news. Absolutely. And I mean, it sounds like even before we've been talking about the Synod on Synodality, your messaging last year, I think the Holy Spirit's really sparked in your heart. What Western Oregon is being called to be uh, the face of Christ to this community. And so we're called as Christians to be the face of Christ. Uh, We have to first know and recognize Jesus Christ. And I think as you're reminding me, Archbishop, each of us have that opportunity to reflect, what is my relationship with Jesus? Where is it strong? Where is it weak? Um, that's what I have to wrestle with. I think each, each of us have to wrestle with my own connection with Jesus Christ. How can we individually maybe prepare ourselves if we're married with our spouse, in our family, with our children, having discussions on a more regular basis about my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the key. You know, uh, you're, you're hitting on something for in, in my mind, Dina Marie, that is so important for us to think about. Uh, and, and maybe we can think about it in this synodal process. I, I, let, me, let me put it to you this way. I, I, I think about the apostles and those first disciples of Jesus. And after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended back to the Father uh, and sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost upon the church, and and we began uh, the proclamation of of the good news, the kerygma, um, I can't imagine the apostles getting together and not talking about Jesus or the, uh, the other disciples who weren't apostles, those who had experienced him in their lives. Uh, that, that how could you, how could you keep from talking about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was everything to these men and to these other early disciples, men and women, uh, the, the women that stood at the foot of the cross, how could they not talk about Jesus? And yet, how often do we talk about Jesus? How often do we talk about our relationship with Jesus, even with those who are closest to us? Um, and I, and I, listen, I, I throw myself right in there with everybody else. You know, when I'm gathered together with my family, uh, my sisters, uh, and my sister's family, her husband and children, no, their grandchildren. How often do we talk about Jesus? We don't. Uh, and you know, at least in, or else in some superficial ways or we pray together or whatever. This is what's missing Mm -hmm. in our 
Catholic lives of witness is we aren't comfortable yet talking about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Or uh, sadly, maybe we don't have a very strong relationship with our Lord Jesus. And so maybe there's not a lot for us to talk about, to be honest. So that's where we have to focus. You know, as I said, I don't know if I've said it on, on, on any of these radio programs. If I did, the Holy Spirit's prompting me to repeat it now. <laughs> and so I won't attribute it to old age, just uh, the Holy Spirit. But, you know, in this book that I've been, you know, really pushing people to read from Christendom to Apostolic Mission, there's that page in the book that's my favorite page. It's just one page. And it's, it says, the, the, imagine the apostles sitting down for their first evangelization committee meeting, you know, which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of saying it. But, and they're assessing their resources. Okay, what do we have? So we got to go about this work of evangelization. Jesus has told us we have to evangelize the world. Okay, what do we got? What are our resources? Okay, and they start ticking them off. Apostles, number of bishops. No, number of bishops. Okay, we got 12 of those. A uh, number of priests. Uh, well, we have 12 of those because right now they're the same. <laughs> we only have 12. Okay, let's look at it. Number of parishes, zero. Uh, number of Catholic schools, zero. Number of Catholic hospitals and healthcare institutions, zero. Number of Catholic social service agencies, zero. Uh, number of seminarians, oh, well, zero. Uh, number of seminaries, zero. Uh, money, very little. Followers, a few hundred. Folks, that's a that's a that's a hopeless situation. That's absolute from a human perspective. That's hopeless. Nothing is going to come of this. But these twelve men changed the world forever, and we're here, two thousand years later because of them. So what did they have? What did they have? They had the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that was poured out upon them at Pentecost. And they had their personal encounter with Jesus Christ risen from the dead. They knew Jesus. They loved Jesus. They knew Jesus was everything. And with that, it, and that's all they had, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit and their own encounter with Christ, and they changed the world. Well, guess what? 2,000 years later, we have the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit at Pentecost is still with us. I firmly believe that because the church teaches it. Jesus promised it. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's the second piece. That is our problem, our struggle. How many of us have really encountered Jesus Christ in our life, mm -hmm. in our Catholic faith, in the church? You know, and, and I know we're used to our Protestant brothers and sisters talking like this, but we need to talk more about this. You know, what is my personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Is he real to me? Is, is he really my best friend? Is he really my closest confidant? Is he really the one I can go to and just pour out my heart to and receive strength and grace and consolation and, and support? In other words, is Jesus 
real to me. And if I had that, that encounter with him that I've got to share now with others, starting with my family and spouses have to start talking to each other about their relationship with the Lord. And we've got to get over the discomfort around that. And parents especially have to share their relationship with the Lord, with their children. Their children need to grow up knowing, and we always say that, that one of the most secure things for a child is to grow up knowing that uh, their mother and father love each other. You know, and that's why we tell parents, uh, Focus on your own relationship with your wife or your husband first. Focus there first. That's your first priority is to strengthen that relationship. Because if that relationship is strong, if your love for each other is real, your children will benefit from that. That will be the greatest blessing you give them is the security of a home where mom and dad really love each other and care for each other and, and take care of each other and sacrifice for each other. You know, so we talk about that, that, that you know, parents have to share that. But I would say parents have to share their relationship with Christ with their children. Their, these children growing up not only need to know that their mom and dad love each other, but children need to know that mom and dad love Jesus. Mom and dad love God. Mom and dad live their life fully, totally dedicated to God. God is the most important thing to my mom. God is the most important person to my dad. And the faith is the most important thing in our home. How many families live that way? You know, and if we can't even do that in our own families at times, how are we going to do it with our coworkers and with our neighbors and with our relatives who don't practice the faith, with our friends uh, at the airport, <laughs> you know, wherever we are? Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, Maybe I'm overthinking this sometimes, but I prayed a lot about this. With those resources the early church had and what they, what those 12 men did in changing the world forever, because Jesus changed the world forever, all they did was witness to Jesus. All they did was proclaim the gospel. All they did was proclaim the good news, and they changed the world. So I know we've got the Holy Spirit, and so it's got to be that second piece that we've got to work on, that, that relationship. And I'm hoping the synodal process will get us all thinking and talking to each other and sharing with one another our faith, our relationship with God and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and is calling us now to, to work in the world today. Right. And your invitation, Archbishop, again, for that holy hour before the time of discussion and discernment to put yourself in that environment. And that's why a retreat is so great. That's why taking a little bit of time at the church, holy hour, wherever you can go for that time. I just think what a great opportunity for us to be in a space where we can listen to the Holy Spirit working in our lives those of us who live in the city, it's busy. It's noisy, as you know. Uh, turn off the phone. That holy hour, that phone should be off and to listen to where the Lord is calling. So I'm just, I'm grateful for your invitation, Archbishop, to focus on a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I guess as we close this time together to offer your blessing and, and that encouragement for us to really listen to Jesus. Yeah, I, just would, I, I would just encourage our people, please, in your local communities or wherever you can, please participate in this process. Don't write it off. Uh, play your role, play your part. Uh, and just don't, let the Holy Spirit surprise you. Let's put it that way. 
with that, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.